from your word. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Now, I have to say this before I go into my message. If you don't, if you're not here on Wednesday night, you're missing a lot. I'm telling you, you're missing a lot. I am so glad that God has put a lot of good teachers and ministers here in our church. And they teach on Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night, before this last Wednesday night, that was Pastor Roy, our pastor in, uh, in Calvert. Awesome word, awesome word. And this last uh, Wednesday was Pastor Larry. Awesome word. We have great teachers. You can't grow in Christianity unless through the word. Let me tell you what. Something that's very important that you need to know. Jesus is not here anymore, physically. You can't see him. All we have is his word. And the spirit walks through his word. The spirit is here. You can't see him either. But he walks through the word. The more of God's word you understand, the more confidence you will have in life. The more you will know the purpose for which you were created. And so it's always important for me. I listen to these teachers, great teachers we have in this church on Wednesday nights. It's not like I want you to come to church on Wednesday. I know we are very busy. But believe me, this is about eternal life. It's very important. Sometimes we think this life is so important. A hundred years is nothing. We have eternity. This is the time to prepare. And God forbid you get to heaven and you know nothing about what God has said. How are you going to deal with that? So I really encourage you, if you can, if you have the time, make time. Sometimes when you make a sacrifice, you're feeling tired. But something is telling you inside, I really need to go. Guess what? God has something for you. And if you pull yourself and you go, you'll never regret it. That's the way it works. That's what the Bible means. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There's, your flesh doesn't want to go, but there is something inside telling you, I really need to go. It's something for you. I really encourage you, make a habit of it. Make a habit of it. I made a habit of it. My wife will tell you. You know, I worked at the medical center Wednesday night. My church is on 249, close by 45. And I'll drive sometimes when it's rainy, it's, it's cold. I'll drive from the medical center, you know, the traffic is not like 290 the way you have it now. Okay? Hard to get home. And I'm thinking, I, I really want to stay home and rest today. God understands. But something inside me says, ah, but I must miss something. And I pull myself, get back in the car, all the way to, two, uh, two, to 45, uh, to uh, uh, 249, right? Yeah. Don't regret it. That I have only one reason to live for him. He lived for me. 
All his life, Jesus, that's God himself. All his life, he lived for me. For my good. I can afford to make a little sacrifice for him. So I get to know him better. Amen? Uh, That's not my message, okay? (laughs) My message is titled, The Faithfulness Principle. A principle is a law. You know, I had this thing coming into my head and I started thinking, God, I don't know how to title this message. I know what I like to say, but but, but what's this? So I came up with this uh, title, The Faithfulness Principle. The faithfulness principle is like a faithfulness law. A principle is a law. Every house must be built, must be built on the foundation. Every house. If you have no foundation, that house is not going to stand. There's got to be a foundation. And the foundation better be solid. A solid foundation. And so you, the Bible says, you are a house before God. Yes, you're human. You're yourself. But God sees you and he likens you to a house. That's what Jesus said. And you better build that house. It's up to you to build that house on a solid foundation. Because there are troubles coming your way. There are troubles coming. You can't avoid them. They will come, whether you like it or not. You deal with one and two more children. That's the way of life. And so God says, build your house on a solid foundation. God calls it the rock. He is that rock. And you need to build your house. If you are a human being, make sure you build your house on the rock. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he says, Therefore, Jesus saying this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. So your life is your house before God. Who built his house on the rock and the rain descended. So now, these things will come. Whether you like it or not. I know you're going through something right now in your life. Sometimes it's beyond you. There's nothing you can do. Only God can help you. But you have to be founded in him. You have to, your foundation has to be in him. He says, the rain descended. That's one kind of trouble. The flood, that's another kind. It came. And the wind, that's another kind. They beat on the house. So it's constantly trying to derail your life. These problems will come. It did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Notice how Jesus said to build the foundation strong. He says, every, he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine, Endorse them. I will liken that person to a wise person. So when you hear the word of God and you do nothing about it, you don't follow up, you're foolish. You're building your... 
That's what Jesus said. But when you hear it and you say, okay, I'm going to do something about that. I never heard that before. You're wise because now you are building your house on the rock. And that rock is his word. His saints. Read through the New Testament. Has a lot of saints. God expects you to hear and do it. And so you have lay a solid foundation for your life. So when the troubles of life come to you, you're not worried. You're not afraid. Because you know your house is going to stand. It's been built on the rock. It's your responsibility as a person, as a Christian, to do that. No one is going to do that for you. You have to do that. You hear the saying and you do it. God's not going to do it for you. You can ask for grace and he'll give you grace. But you also have to be willing at first for that to happen. You see, if the foundations are so up and then we're talking about foundation, there are a lot of foundations. And the Bible says in Psalm 11 verse 3, if the foundations are destroyed, many of us built a good foundation when we started to follow Christ. We were faithful. We went to church every Sunday morning. We read our Bibles. We prayed. But now other things are so important. And you're thinking, God understands. No, you're destroying your foundation. And the Bible says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You're righteous, but troubles have come. The foundation is no longer there. You're going down. You're going down. Last week in the message I've shared with us, you got, there's nothing you can do about your sin. It's already done. You can't erase it. You don't have the power to go back there. Adam had no power to go back to his former state. It was already done. There was nothing he could do. Only God could do something about it. And God's willing to do something about it. But you have to cooperate with him. You have to cooperate with him. You see, God, for every believer that I'm looking at this morning, God's not asking you to be sinless. I know that's hard to hear. He knows you're going to sin. <laughs> If I say, no, if there's somebody here who's never seen since you gave your life to Christ and you raise your hand, I found the biggest liar in the world. <laughs> because pastors sin. They get mad. They get angry. They contemplate revenge. I'm going to get him. I'm going to show him. And then they prepare a message for you on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that, okay? No, okay. <laughs> he doesn't expect you to be sinless. But he expects you to be blameless. He doesn't expect you to be sinless. He knows how weak you are. But he gave you righteousness. What is demanding from you to be blameless. That's all he wants. Blameless. Abraham wasn't sinless. But he walked before his God blameless. 
And this is what God said to Abraham. Genesis 17, verse 1 and 2. He says, when Abraham was 99 years old. What a time to speak to a man. When he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be sinless. No. Walk before me and be what? Blameless. Blameless. Integrity. You already know in your heart. You're cheating your brother. There's blame there. He may not know, but God sees it. Not walk before man and be blameless. He's walk before God and be blameless. You know when you've done wrong. You know how to correct it. That's the important thing about it. And that has to do with faithfulness. Not to man, but to him. Amen? To him. Walk before me and be blameless. That's all God wants from us. To be blameless. And then he says, and I will make my covenant between me and you. When you walk before God and you are blameless, the covenant, the new covenant between you and your God is strengthened. Solid foundation. Not sinless or perfect, but blameless before God. That's so important. Don't overlook it. Don't Say, well, it's not important. God, no. You know what's right. Because your God is giving you a new brand conscience. To recognize. And that thing poses, nah, I shouldn't have said that. I mean, you have been there. You know it. And you can correct it right there. Blameless. That's important. In business, wherever you are. I remember when I was at uh, Texas A&M, you know, we had uh, my, our office and we had, you know, students from every part of the world, China, and then I always talked to them about Christ and everything. I was the Christian. But something they did want it and I, I blew up. I was angry and I really yelled at them. The Christian was yelling and screaming. I was very mad. Especially at this fellow. He just like they were. He was shocked. Never seen you like this before. <laughs> he just looked at me, and then afterwards, and I, I mean, I was right to be angry, but not that angry. And yell at them, at this fellow. He never said a thing, but I knew he. I got him now. He's just like the rest of us. <laughs> so the next day, I called him and I said, uh, you know. What I did was wrong. He didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that. He wanted to have something against me. But I owned up to it. He said, I don't have to worry about it. I said, no, no, no. What I did was not Christian at all. I sinned. Can you forgive me? He says, good luck. No big deal. But after that, his respect for me was greater. Blameless. Did 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 I do something wrong? I did. But I corrected it when I could. That's what God is asking from us. You do what's right before his eyes. Walk before me and be blameless. 
People will offend you. People will say things about you. You can't do anything about it. But you can walk before him and stay blameless. And still love people regardless of what they've done to you. You can still love them. You can still. Because love lives inside of you. Love lives inside of you. For every Christian, once you are saved, love God. If God's living inside of you, if Jesus is in your heart, love is in your heart. You can love. You can overlook. Because love, you know, covers multitudes of sin. The person says, the scripture I just read this morning, the person who overlooks sin, he's seeking to love. The one who overlooks, his, his goal is to love. He sees the wrong, but he wants love. Let's forget about that. Let's keep going. Amen? Because that's what Jesus wants from us. Blameless. God says, I will make my covenant with you and will multiply you exceedingly. When you have that going on in your life, that's what's going to happen. Nobody can stop it. Can I hear an amen? amen? Nobody can stop it. That's very important. You know, you're reading the scriptures about Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. Um, it's hard to understand, but if you lived in their time, these were godly people. They were godly people. And God had said to them, there, was, there shall nothing be barren in the land. But they were barren, right? They were barren. And you know how people are. <laughs> They're just like us. If they are so righteous, how come they can't have a child? Did God not say this in the scripture here? And they knew it. But did this, did this stop them from being faithful to God? No. They were not mad at him. They didn't blame him. They said nothing. It's like their prayers were not answered, right? And yet, Zacharias was still faithful. And the wife also, faithful to God. Living before God, blameless. Even though others had blame on them that they didn't deserve. But before God, they were blameless. And God saw their heart. Let me read this scripture here. He says, there was in those days, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest, that's Luke 1, 5 and 6, named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was also the daughter, daughter, uh, the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Righteous, upright. Upright before God. Walking in all his commandments and ordinances of the Lord. What? Blameless. Were they sinless? No. They did what God said as far as they could. But they were blameless before God. And you saw God will always reward the blameless. And God gave them the greatest son of the Old Testament. John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. None greater than John the Baptist. Because they walked before him and they stayed blameless. My challenge to you this morning, that's what you need to do. No matter what's coming against your life. Stay focused. Stay serving him. 
so important. Things will come and go. Some of the things we don't understand. I don't care to understand. Zachariah didn't understand what was going on. He didn't realize that God was saving the womb of his old, probably 80 years woman, for the, the greatest son of the Old Testament. The greatest son of the Old Testament. That's the way God does it. When you don't give up when difficulties come your way, and you start questioning, and everybody's questioning. Joseph never questioned anything. He didn't question a thing. He knew his God. He knew God was with him. He stayed devoted to his God. And look at how God rewarded him. So this is so important. There is a faithfulness principle. A faithfulness principle to God. When you stay blameless before God, your uprightness will guide you. Let me give you the scripture. Proverbs 13 verse 6. Righteousness God's him whose way is blameless. Your righteousness, your uprightness before God will guide your way because you are walking before God blameless. Not sinless, not perfect, but blameless. Doing everything you can. Focused on serving him. Abraham was wealthy. His heart wasn't in it. He had servants. That didn't matter. God had given him a promise. Uh, Sarah wasn't getting pregnant. He didn't, he didn't question God about it. He just kept doing his thing. Staying faithful. Blameless. Before God showed up. It doesn't take too much before we start complaining. Hello. How come pastor did this? So that becomes another third world war. (laughs) Over something, you know. That's the way we are. May God deliver us in Jesus' name. So we stay focused on what is truly important in life. We take just, just little things that don't mean anything. And you make it into something so huge and it's destroying your life and you can't even turn away from it. That's when to cry out to God. God, I need help. I really need help. Because sometimes you find yourself, you're so consumed with this thing, you don't know how to get out of it. You cry out because, and when you cry out, guess what God sees? Blameless. And he begins to pour his grace and pour the Christ spirit, like I said on Sunday, into your heart. And all of a sudden, you find that release. And then you can pray again. And then you're free. And you can look at the individuals in the eyes and nothing bothers you because you're right with the Lord. Amen? That's so important. Righteousness will guide the blameless. It's a principle here. Your life doesn't belong to you. The Bible says you are bought with a price. Every Christian, you are bought with a price. If you are bought, you don't own yourself anymore. But if you're still living and God allows you to own yourself, you are a steward of your own life. 
Amen. You are a steward. You think you own your life. That's a mistake. He's been loaned back to you. After you receive Christ, you died. Amen. And the new you is Christ living in you. And he gives it back to you. Now he requires you as a steward to be faithful to your house. That God's given to you. Where he lives. Amen. Be faithful. Just like Zacharias. Zacharias was there in the temple. 80 years old. Maybe more. But he was still serving his God. Amen. Not expecting, not blaming God for anything. He was blameless. It says, moreover, that's 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards. For kind of stewards? Steward of your own life. And everything that God has give, given to this life that he's redeemed to do for him in this world. You are a steward of that. And God expects you to be faithful. It is required. Say the word with me, required. It is required in stewards that one be found, what? Faithful. Faithful. Not sinless, but faithful. Faithful. It's so important to be faithful. God, God wants is for you to be faithful to him. When you turn the other way, that's not right. If you turn to some other person, even if you turn to yourself, it's wrong. Even when you turn to yourself, it's wrong. It's got to be him. It has to always be him. And he's always there for you. He'll never forsake you. You can call and he'll hear you. It's got to be him. God requires that. And when you do that, you're faithful, he rewards you and he honors you for it. You know why God requires faithfulness? An unfaithful person cannot be trusted. It's true. Why will God put into your life eternal things that will affect life for generations after generation, just like we've seen with people like Billy Graham, they still have influence even though they're gone. Why will he put something in in you when you are unfaithful? An unfaithful person cannot be trusted. And if you can't trust them, you know you've given them something to do, you've given them money for business, and then they come back with another story, and two, three times, when they ask for money again, you say, ah, uh, let's talk about it another time. God requires faithfulness. Why? So he, there is a trust thing between you and him, and then he begins to open up to you. And begins to reveal himself to you. And show you things. That's why he called Abraham my friend. Amen. Thank God Jesus said we are his friends as well. Amen. So he can show you things. But faithfulness is important. You know why people are not faithful? Double mindedness. Double mindedness. When you are fully persuaded... When you are fully persuaded, this is God, and there is God in my life, and I, this is God, I've got to serve Him. Nothing else matters. 
But when you are not fully persuaded and you have a little room out, you can't be faithful. And he knows it. Double-mindedness is the source of our unfaithfulness to God. Because anything can easily distract us then. Because you are not fully persuaded. But if you read in Paul's letters, he says, I am fully persuaded. Fully. So when you are fully persuaded, you don't care what anybody else is doing. Amen? It's you and your God. It doesn't matter what comes into your life, what trouble comes into your life, no difficulty comes into your life or your family. You know, like I told Angela, God is the father of our house. He he is the master here. And I got to go back to him when things don't make sense. That's the way we have to live our lives. We got to do it that way. God has so much price on faithfulness. It's a principle. It's a principle. And we got to learn it. Serious principle. God wants you to be faithful. God is so consistent. You can see that from the garden. Adam knew exactly when God was going to show up, right? Because that's who he is. In the cool of the day, God was there. And Adam had hidden himself. Luke 16 verse 10 says, He who is faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much. God's telling you, this is the principle. When you are faithful in what is even that little stuff that you, God has asked you to do, and you do it faithfully, God knows, I can trust this person. You see, God will always test. The Bible says the time came when God will test Abraham to see if he will be faithful to him or he will back off. God tested him. And God's going to test you to see if you will stay faithful. If you will stay blameless. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also. God is saying that's the way it is. If you are faithful in what is little, you will be faithful in what is much. And he who is unjust, notice, is not unfaithful now, unjust. When you are not faithful, you are being unjust. Is this message too difficult, too hard? Excuse me, I don't know. (laughs) But then it says, he who is unjust in little... Is going to be unjust in much as well. So unfaithfulness, unjust, I can't trust you. That's what he's saying. I can't trust you. I really cannot. So verse 11 says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful... In the unrighteous mammon, you see, God is giving us so much on earth. We just do what you're doing. But God still expects faithfulness, okay? The things of the world, we are, part, we are living in the world, those things are going on. But you, your focus is Him. And now you can please Him. He says, who will commit to your trust? The true riches. If God cannot do, trust you, true riches. 
you can't put the same thing with money. It's much more than that. Money comes, money goes. Fame comes, fame goes. These things are not as important as to walk before God and be blameless, faithful to Him, regardless of what's going on around you. You stay faithful. Amen. God wants that from us. And the Bible tells us, listen, you know the parable uh, Jesus talked about. I don't know if it's a parable, but Jesus said, you know, he gave, he was, the master was going for a journey. He gave some talents, two talents, five talents to these individuals. And then when he came back, one of them had worked hard. And I multiplied the five talents. <laughs> I doubled it. I doubled it. And Jesus, Jesus said, come thou good and what? Faithful servant. Think about it. That guy had that money. He wasn't his. He worked hard to multiply the money that he couldn't keep. It wasn't for him. All he was trying to do was to please his master. He worked hard to double that what was given to him. He was working for his master. So his master would be pleased. It's not like he was going to keep the other half. No, he was giving everything back to his master. Good and faithful servant. And when you do that, God pours his joy into your heart. He says, enter into the joy of your Lord. And you know what joy is? The joy of the Lord is what? <laughs> Pastor Larry was singing it in dancing. The audience on Wednesday night. He was so good dancing, I'm telling you. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. And the younger individuals are saying, what kind of song is that? <laughs> so that's very important. It's all about him. Amen? It's all about him. There are just five areas I want to go quickly because of my time that I believe every Christian needs to be faithful. Faithful. Because God's watching. First, your Christian witness. Your Christian witness. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. When your testimony is compromised, you got no power. You got no power. You got to stay faithful to that. The Bible tells us, He who confesses me before men, that's Matthew 10, 32. He who confesses me before men, him I will confess before my Father in heaven, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father in heaven. That scripture was so important to me was when I was a new Christian. Alright, if you have told you here before, I was determined that God was going to call my name every day in heaven. Because if I confess him, then he confesses me in heaven. And I believe he's true to his word, so I was always looking for my victim. Every day, I looked for my victim. Whether you got mad at me, cursed me out, it didn't matter. I spoke to you about Jesus, and right now she's cursing me out. My name has been... <laughs> The angels are hearing my name in heaven. I'm telling you, I'm very important person right now. Because he says to do this. 
And you know he won't lie. You know, he says if you say something to somebody about him, he tells the angels in heaven, that's my boy. That's my daughter there. And the angels recognize that. Amen. Secondly, your prayer life is so important. He said Jesus spoke a parable to them. Uh, Luke 18 verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to faint or lose heart. If you're not praying, you lose heart. There's a song I used to hear. He says, God says, I miss my time with you. It's from God's point of view. Daniel had three, he prayed three times. If you read in the Old Testament, in Daniel, three times he prayed. Even when they were trying to trap him, he wouldn't stop. Do you think God was aware when it was time Daniel is coming? I'm sure he was sitting there waiting for Daniel. It's time to talk to Daniel, just like with Adam. It's very important. You have to have that consistent prayer life. May God give you the grace to do that. If you're a Christian, you ought to pray. You ought to pray. It's giving. That's part of our devotion to God. And not just pray, but be faithful in doing it. Be faithful in prayer. Secondly, Bible reading. A, a Bible study. That's so important also. Because that's number three. Bible reading. That's why I go to church. Listen to other people. So I can get more. And sometimes it's so important. Sometimes I'm listening to somebody speak. And I'm listening to them. But the Holy Spirit is telling me something different. Hello. And it's like, wow, I'm glad you said that because I just got this. He said, that's not what I was talking about. That's important for you, but I got something different. That's the way it is. Because God knows who you are and he's going to speak directly to your heart. But you have to be present before the word. Every time you gather, you gather before the word. And you listen to the word. You read the scriptures. Number four. Church attendance is so important. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, You should not stay away from the church meet, from, from the church meetings. You know, Christians don't take this seriously anymore. They just do whatever they think they won't do. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to watch it from this. That's not what God said. You think God didn't know you have all the technology today? He didn't know that. He said, go to church. <laughs> go to church. Don't forsake it. Stay faithful to it. You should not stay away from the church, from the church meetings. Don't do it. You shouldn't. And every time you do it, and you consistently do it, you are being unfaithful. According to his word. And before long, you no longer want to go anymore. And then all the ideas from your TV and everything begins to pour into your mind. And I've seen Christians totally change. Because they are not in the house of God. Iron sharpens iron. Amen? You should not stay away from the church, from the church meetings as some are doing. But you should meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more as you see the day coming. We need to do more of it. We need to do more of it. And lastly, your giving. 
giving to God, that's a giving because God wants us to give to him. It's a commandment to give. Luke 6 verse 38, first word is give. Can we read it? Give. That's the thing. No option. Give. You got to give. And it will be given to you. So that's the outcome. But the first thing is, you, your responsibility is to give. And stay faithful to giving. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. And God says, as you measure out, it comes back to you. We have to do it. Make up your mind, I'm going to obey God. Remember what it says. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken that person to what? A wise person, a wise man, a wise woman that built his house on the rock. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me this morning. Sometimes we, we want to... We're dealing with things in our issues in our life, and we want God to address these things. But I'm telling you, what we are talking about now will address all of those issues. They will. If you stay with them, God will walk through all of those problems, whether it's marital problem, whatever it is, if you stay faithful to him. Amen? And that's what God is calling for us to do this morning. I'm going to ask for those that haven't made a commitment to Christ. Believe me, it's the best thing that can ever happen to you. When I gave my life, I used to hear the word, give your life to Jesus. So what's going to happen? I didn't understand what was going to happen. But then I made the decision, I will receive Christ just like this thing. I didn't know that was going to change my life. It's been decades now. And God has changed my life and kept me faithful to him. When I was coming to the United States, this is is a beautiful land. You're going to forget God. No. He's already inside of me. It cannot be forgotten. But you have to make that first step and receive him. All heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you want to make a commitment to Christ, don't carry nothing about what anybody else thinks. But you need Jesus in your heart. And you really want him in your heart. If that's you, he will answer this very morning because he's here. All you have to do is lift up your hand. I want to be that person. At the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands back there. Thank you. Thank you. God saw your hand. And God knows who you are. And you're coming to him. And he said, everyone who comes to me, I will in no wise turn away. So guess what? God received you this morning. Can I hear an amen? Let's put our hands together. Give him a clap, our friend. He received you this morning. Don't you ever doubt it. Remember, you raised your hand in church that morning. And God saw your hand up. And he welcomed you. Amen? You don't have to do anything. You can't do anything about your sin. But you can receive the Savior that saves from sin. Amen? Can we all bow our heads and pray this morning with these guys that lifted up their hands?
Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, into the world to die for my sin. Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior of my soul. Thank you, Lord, for saving me this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's put our hands together again. Please.